You're listening to the Awesome Podcast Network. Dear podcast listeners, we accept the fact that we do this podcast for the fun of it. Whether we are right or wrong, you'll hear us as you want to hear us. In the simplest terms, in the most convenient definitions, but we found out that each of us is a film guru, a movie virgin, and a producer. Does that answer your question? Sincerely yours, 80s Revisited. This is 80s Revisited. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley. And now your hosts, Daniel San Angelo and Trey Harris. Welcome to the newest episode of 80s Revisited. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Harris. And I'm the other, Daniel San Angelo. And with us, as always, is our excellent producer, Jesse. Sigil. Sigilly. <laughs> Welcome back. Glad you tuned in to listen to us once again this week. This week, of course, if you listened last week, you know we'll be doing The Breakfast Club. So uh, before we get into that, though, I always want to just bring your attention to some of the other awesome podcasts on the Awesome Podcast Network, such as Geekly Dose, hosted by your own Tim Bridgewater and Stephen Nocentelli, covering all your geekly news and such for the week. And Duo Attack, hosted by Justin Owens and our own Jesse Sigley, who mm-hmm. covers Heroclix, all, everything about Heroclix. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Both great podcasts, very informative as well. So if you like this one in the slightest, definitely check them out. They're as good, if not better. Uh, so, a little housekeeping this week before we get jump into the movie. Yeah. We did get our first correction email from Ooh, a gentleman named uh-oh. Philip Dobson. So, now at first, this email caught me off guard because the subject line says, I heart Trey. <laughs> so, I was like, aw, fan mail, the usual, blah, Yay! blah, blah. So, but then I read it, and here's what he says. Salem's Lot was a novel, noobs, sent from my iPhone. <laughs> That's it? A, that was it. <laughs> Which I did research it. He is right. Uh, last week when we were talking about uh, Terminator, and uh, we were talking—I forget how we got on the subject of Stephen King stuff. Or no, you, you mentioned *Lawnmower Man*. I said, "Oh, I like the *Lawnmower Man*. It's not like the book that it's based on, which is a collection of short stories called not *The Night Shift* by Stephen King." And I mistakenly did say that I thought that *Salem's Lot* was one of the short stories, which it's definitely not. *Salem's Lot* is its own novel, but there is a short story in *Night Shift* called *Jerusalem's Lot*, which is what. Confuse me, because I'm a Steve, I am a Stephen King noob as far as the books go. I only read two of them, so <laughs> thank you, Philip Dodson, Dobson, for that. He sounds like a correction ass. email. <laughs> he does sound like. Well, an see, ass. I thought that at first, but he did say I heart Trey, so I forgive him. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's it's okay. If you're if, if you're still a fan, Philip Dobson, please drop us a line again. I'll give you my personal personal email. <laughs> anyway, enough with the fun stuff, or the not-so-fun stuff, on to the Breakfast Club. It might be fun for him. Thanks so. for listening, sure. Philip. <laughs> our, our <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, but uh, if you have an email, please hit us up at 80srevisited at gmail.com. That's just 80-no-apostrophe-s-revisited at gmail.com. If you have an email. Yeah, thank you. If you have one of those fancy uh, What is this, correct trade day on the podcast? <laughs> Fine, I can, I can accept criticism. <laughs> As he said, if you would like to send us an email, you just heard the email address, so thank you very much. All right, on to the Breakfast Club. All right, released February 15th, 1985. I was five years old. Daniel, you were one and... I wasn't even one. Yeah, you were born in May May of 84. Oh, you didn't didn't even make one yet. Nope, So about nine months old. I assume like Terminator, you didn't see this in the theater. No. Safe to assume. Uh, $5.1 million opening, 45.8 gross. IMDb gives it a 7.9, which in my opinion is low for the quality of this film. Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 91%, which is much more in line with my line of thinking. 
tell you what, before you tell us thing, let's go ahead and hit up the, the who, what, when, where. Uh, directed, written by the late, great John Hughes. Everybody remember, should know him from such Home films alone. as 16 Candles, Weird Science, Ferris Bueller. Uh, he wrote Home Alone, then directed it. Well, he wrote a lot of stuff. Yeah, I mean, he wrote. Yeah. He, he's, he's I think he only directed more than he directed. eight films. I yeah. yeah, and he wrote like, geez, I think maybe 20, 30 films, including Home Alone one through four. Even I don't know why. Oh, wow. What happened with three and four? He but, wrote Flubber, mm-hmm, the remake. Aww. Yeah, he, and also I did not know this, <laughs> but he wrote National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, mm. another one of my favorite movies, which we will probably do on this podcast around the holidays. I have not watched. And also the Michael <laughs> Keaton classic, Mr. Mom, was written watched by it. John Hughes. I haven't watched it. Oh, it's so a great film. We'll have to you do have to that. check it out. Oh, wait. Tell you what. When your child is born, the first episode after your child is born will be Mr. Mom in celebration of Daniel becoming a father. Yeah, so sounds good. Look forward to that. <laughs> Batman and Terry Gar in the classic <laughs> Mr. Mom. Uh, I just said it was written by him as well. Uh, the cast, very short cast so, for a movie. Oh, Terry Gar. Never mind. Yeah. Okay. Uh, of course, Emilio Estevez played Andrew. Uh, it was also in The Outsiders and also the 80s classic Young Guns, as well as The, the Mighty, Mighty Ducks. Ducks. Gordon, what was the name of that movie? Yeah, it was a weird last name. Lightfoot? No. <laughs> that is a singer. Gordon Ramsay? <laughs> it was Gordon no, something. I, I, I don't sure know. it was Gordon something. I was like, mm-hmm. he has an unusual name. I think because they would call him by his coach. Like, yeah. coach, blah, blah, blah. I, I don't remember. Well, well, we'll look it up. We'll look it up. But, but, Bombay. Gordon that's Bombay. Yeah, like, that's yeah. just an odd name to me. Gordon Bombay. It's like... <laughs> You know, a restaurant that serves Indian food or something. I don't know. That's just what it sounds like to me. It's, it's not a name. You don't Welcome call somebody Welcome to Gordon that. Bombay. Table for three? We need a table for like 16 for our awesome hockey team. We just won state. And then we're going to the Olympics in the sequel. Interesting. Mighty <laughs> Ducks, no Mighty Ducks fans here, I guess. Not really. Uh, I thought it was weird that they went to the Olympics in the second one. Yeah, like... And then back to college back, for yeah, the... Like, I, that's like the peak of the mountain, the Olympics. And like, oh, way let's, too go, early. let's go win this college game, Joshua Jackson. Uh, and then, of course, Judd Nelson played Bender, who's also in Samuel's Fire, and who's also the voice of Hot Rod in Transformers the movie, the animated 1980s classic, not the make Michael Bay disaster piece of recent memory. Oh. Also, the the lovely Molly Ringwald, everybody's 80s crush, uh, played Claire, also from not 16 mine. Candles. Well, you were yeah. like five years old. No, or, I mean, just I'm in sorry, general, like, like even, even watching this movie, I, I thought Ali Sheedy was prettier. I did, too. We'll get into that in a little bit, <laughs> that discussion, as we always <laughs> tend to over the female cast of these movies. Uh, but, of course, Molly Ringwald, very famous for being a, a sort of a teen queen around this era, yeah. especially in John Hughes's films, uh, Sixteen Candles, Pretty in Pink. And the last thing I ever remember her singing on, aside from television, uh, well, actually, what I'm going to tell you is television, too, but she was, speaking of Stephen King, uh, the adaptation of The Stand, Oh. On TV, it also had Gary Sinise, and uh, she was in it, and like a couple other people, but it's actually pretty decent. About? The Stan. No, who? Oh, Molly Ringwald. Molly Ringwald. Molly Ringwald, okay. Yeah, that's the last thing I remember actually seeing her in, aside from hearing that she's bit parts in some television lately. She's uh, aged, well, at least that picture, she's aged well. I think well. she's aged pretty well, yeah. definitely. Uh, as opposed to Ali Sheedy, who played Allison, which is also the name of somebody's upcoming daughter, Daniel. Yes. <laughs> uh, but a lot, most people remember her from Short Circuit. In uh, War Games with Matthew Broderick. I remember she did a movie called Man's Best Friend. Oh, yeah, with the dog. Yeah. I remember that movie. <laughs> 90s movies, we won't touch it on this mm. podcast, but uh, I'm sure we'll definitely hit up Short Circuit 1 and 2 and probably War Games because I, I assume, I would assume, well, I guess I shouldn't assume that you've seen any of those. Short Circuit? I've, I've seen it. Yeah. Two? Part two as well? I think so. Okay. Mm. I was going to guess that you had seen that, but I've been, I can't tell no with you before. sometimes, Daniel. <laughs> and of course, Anthony Michael Hall played Brian. Uh, okay, help help me out here. I know he played on Dark Knight. Who mm-hmm. was he? He was like that television host. 
Yeah. That uh, where the whistleblower dude from that wanted to blackmail Batman uh-huh. was like on the his show, oh. and then uh, where he announced that like, and then I think the Joker interrupted saying, "Okay, you know, I got you. Kill him, I and I'll now. give you a yeah. million bucks or whatnot." Yeah. And of course, as you said, he was in the Dark Knight, but also he was in Weird Science, which is uh, what a lot of people tend to remember from this and Weird Science. But also, he was Winona Ryder's boyfriend and Edward Scissorhands that met his demise at the hands of the. Jim. character. Never watched the whole thing. Whoa! <laughs> That's another 90. Chris, another, 90. Oh, damn it! <laughs> okay, in a few years when we do 90s Revisited, we'll definitely do that one first. That'll be the inaugural episode since you haven't seen Edward Scissorhands. I'm actually surprised that it's 92 because it seems like Oh, I thought it said 90. I thought it was 1990. It's, oh. n- it's 1990. No, it's on the verge. It's so close. <laughs> <laughs> I guess if you're doing release dates, yeah, it's 1990. Maybe yeah. When it was, was it released? December. Oh, so it's almost 91. Oh. Wow. Yeah. yeah, so it was it could have been filmed tail end of 89, I'm sure, and then post mm-hmm. and whatnot. And then, uh, no loopholes. We're going to have one loophole coming up next, uh, next uh, couple of uh, podcasts. That counts, yeah, though. Right. There's a reason for that, <laughs> which we'll get into later. Uh, but also, the late, great Paul Gleason played Mr. Vernon. He was, uh, I didn't know this until I looked up his history on IMDb, because I remembered him from Die Hard and uh, Van Wilder, but he was actually in Ewoks The Battle for Endor, which was one of the TV Star Wars movies, uh. which I know you haven't seen, but. I honestly don't even. I don't know who. I can't tell you who he was or anything. I haven't rewatched it yet. Look like but, Tom uh, Bergeron a little bit to me. <laughs> like his older brother. Yeah. Even then, with this very man of low wardrobe. When we get to Judd Nelson. Judd Nelson to me, or he looked like um, Colin Farrell, the slightest <laughs> bit. Like when I first saw him, he kind of looks like Colin Farrell on not, on this movie. Yeah, definitely not now. Na- not like now. Some see, sort of mad scientist or something. Yeah. But, uh, all right, on to what we think about it. So, Daniel, having a, this is the first time you've seen this movie, correct? Yes. This is about the 50th time I've seen it. This is one of those movies that I used to, uh, while well, I'd be playing WoW or any kind of computer game or whatever, I just want some background noise. I usually always played this or Clerks for some reason, just <laughs> just in the background just to listen to until Batman Begins came out on DVD, and that was pretty much, that was the only thing <laughs> yeah, I listened that was to. It, yeah. But uh, anyway, so this movie, I, I truly love this movie. I think it's a great movie. Uh, it's a great comedy, but it's also a great. It makes a great statement about the high school mentality, yeah. which oh, the different we'll, we'll clicks, take it into whatnot. the serious yeah. jaunt, serious zone later. But uh, in the meantime, uh, what was your impression of this film? I enjoyed it. I thought like there's a couple of movies that I had to I, like. I watched it over two days or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Even Terminator it took me to. I didn't expect to watch this all in one day. I was mm-hmm. just gonna watch a little bit, write a little bit about it. And I watched it all mm-hmm. in in one sitting. I enjoyed it a lot. I really liked uh, Bender. <laughs> well, that's every, I think that's everybody's favorite character, to be honest with. You. I mean, because I mean, he's 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 the funniest yeah. one. I so mean, so just, odd at the beginning, like you're like, God dang. Well, you just, <laughs> just kind of like, even though he's kind of a dick, yeah. you know. Well, he is a dick and whatnot, but then you just kind of he's funny and it's comical and it's, it's just it's a great it's a great character. And then that um, he created. You know, after I watch a movie, I read a little bit about the info and whatnot. Like one of the scenes that I thought was really one of the really powerful scenes, if you call it a powerful, was when, to me, Emilio Este was uh, Brian, whatever. Did yeah. I get that right? Well, he's uh, oh, Andrew. The... I don't oh, a- Andrew, yeah. He was talking about how, why he... why he got yeah. put there, and, and then he started crying. All that's ad lib. Yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't I, know that's that until I looked it up as me. well. And to me, that is like one of the key scenes of the, yeah. the movie that you know where they're all understanding why they're there. They, in a sense, should be there, but also read. how crappy they were for doing what they did, except for Allison. I mean, because she's kind of the basket case anyway. <laughs> 
you know, but like that's a very pivotal scene. And I was truly shocked when I read that same thing that that's ad lib because, in my opinion, that's some damn good acting yes. on behalf yeah. of all of them exactly. in that scene because that's 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 the heart of that's and truly I'm, the heart of the movie right there. And I love shots where it's all it's one camera, like it never cuts, mm-hmm. uh, which we did it more in some of ours, <laughs> but uh, Sigley Films on YouTube, yep, <laughs> quick plug, but like. Because you know he didn't, you know he had a lot to go with right there. But mm-hmm. when he realized he ad libbed it and the tears are coming down, it was like that's really, really good. Oh, I, mm-hmm. I completely agree. And like I said, like knowing, like what, like when I watch it again, I'm gonna even be even in more awe mm-hmm. of how good it is because I never knew that till recent. Just you know after I watched it this time. But I'm, I'm kind of wondering if they gave them total complete control, like you, whatever you come up with. How the hell is that dude gonna come up with a flare gun? Well, no, I would. They didn't say it on IMDb okay. where they said it, but I'm pretty sure they knew why they were there. But they elaborated the story about story, it. Story, okay. Because in the beginning montage, they show the uh, Brian's locker, yeah, all yeah. burn out, mm-hmm. and they uh, and in Brian previously, I can't remember if it was that scene or maybe a little bit earlier where he says, "Oh, you're the one that." No, it was that scene where he says that he was the one that taped his his friend's butt cheeks together <laughs> yeah. and whatnot. So I, I'm I would guess that they knew why they were there, and then for that scene it was like, okay. Tell us why, you know, you know what you did, why'd you do it? Yeah. That would be my guess, but, I mean, it's a phenomenal scene, on, on, and that oh, definitely. that shows just how talented all of them were, in my opinion, especially that, because until then, they're all kind of playing characters. I mean, Lewis is playing the jock, Bender's playing, you know, the bad Bum. boy, so to speak, and yeah. Ringwald's the spoiled rotten, et cetera, et cetera, but that's kind of the turning point of the movie. It's almost like the part in Full Metal Jacket when, well, have you seen Full Metal Jacket? No. <laughs> okay okay the first half of full metal jacket's a little uh, different from the second half put it to you that well way. full metal jacket is uh lee ermy yeah or lee ermy yeah yeah in, in, in a big way the reason i'm comparing the, the two is because the first half of the breakfast club is nothing but a comedy pretty yeah. much setting everything up and a lot of the funny crazy stuff happening like with him crawling through the roof and falling well, through. it's it's kind of like cinderella cinderella man yeah like the first half of cinderella man is talking more about his life and trying to get the money for his kids and then the second part's just train and getting a boxing down yeah yeah and like full metal jackets like that to where the first part's almost comical especially after you've seen it yeah what is your major amount i mean i know all those lines yeah and then but the second half of full metal jacket is hell on earth yeah like i mean it's it's a drastic change it's like night and day it's almost what year was that made 70s i believe we can pull it up it's 80s we'll do that one but uh definitely um but also one that another one that comes to mind similar to that which i know you haven't seen is the deer hunter no, the I, first half it. of the Deer Hunter. Oh, oh, 87. Okay, stay tuned for a future <laughs> episode featuring Full Metal Jacket. Actually, that'd be a good one to do with Kubrick. Platoon. I didn't even know he did that. Oh, yeah. Stanley Kubrick, one of my favorite directors personally. But uh, <laughs> also, The Deer Hunter, it starts off, the first part of the movie is That's so De Niro. drastically different. Yeah, De Niro yeah. and Defoe. And uh, I forget the dude that directed it, but the movie. A Michael something, but the movie he did after that was a movie called Heaven's Gate, which was like one of the biggest flops in history, in box office history. There's just random trivia for you guys out there. You might already know that, you might not. Uh, Michael Cimino, that's his name. Yeah, but that's uh, not bad ratings for IMDb to be such a flop. But it was a it was a commercial yeah, failure. Yeah. And it, oh, I mean, Wizard of Oz was right. I don't know. That's what I heard. Well, no, Thirties revisited. You, you're talking about a movie? Oh, it was 1980. <laughs> Never mind. Bam. You got me. <laughs> You got it. No, but I, honestly, I wouldn't know that about The Wizard of Oz. I'd be surprised. No, I thought it was a box office flop at first. I don't... I, don't, I wouldn't... That would that would shock me if that was true. Well, we can look it up. We, we'll find out. We'll come back to that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, let's uh, hit up the trivia real quick. Uh, as usual, we like to talk about who could have been who and whatnot. 
Uh, Estevez was originally going to play the role of Bender, but John Hughes couldn't find somebody to play the jock, Andrew. So through discussions, Emilio decided, oh, I'll, I'll do that. And thus he played Andrew, which is pretty different because I don't, you know, I mean, it, there's iconic roles in cinema. Like, you know, nobody could have been Rambo, but Sylvester Stallone, mm. et cetera, et cetera. Nobody could have been Terminator, but Arnold. And to me, like, the Bender character in this, like, I don't see who else in that era could have played that as well as uh, Judd Nelson did. Oh, yeah. You know, so seeing, imagine Estevez as that, like, you know, Gordon Bombay being a bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> of course, that was years later, but, you know, it just doesn't seem like it would work. But, again, you never know what could have been. Uh, his and brother, also, it worked for his brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of his brother, and uh, tying back to what we'll do when talking about Platoon, yeah, he was in Platoon. Yeah. But I guess you knew that now from the commercial that's on TV. But I knew that you before. Don't then. reenact scenes I watched of a little Platoon bit of with Platoon. Charlie Sheen. Yeah. Yeah, so. Because uh, uh, it was a major league cast. Yeah. yeah. Tom Berenger's in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is true. Very true. And then uh, Molly Ringwald wanted to play the role of Allison, but John Hughes already po- promised that role to Ali Sheedy. So Aww. that could have been a drastic reversal there, yeah. which I think it worked out well because Ringwald, you know, as far as her movies, she's always that kind of person. And that was kind of her stereotype. And that's who that's her screen persona, so to speak. I mean, very typecast in those roles like that. Uh, where am I at? Oh, uh, Alice when, Sheedy, huh? Oh, yeah. Well, Did we can talk about her. We can talk about her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think she, I agree with you. I think she was way hotter in this movie than Molly Ringwald. I also think she was hotter before she got made over. Oh, I agree. Yeah. There's one, it was a scene where he's talking to her about after she dumps her bag out. Mm-hmm. And like the way she, I was like, gosh, she's like, she's like, you know, like, she should have stayed looking like she didn't need <laughs> yeah, exactly. Claire to go dolly her up because it didn't really work. Never been a big fan of huge makeup. Me either. So, and, and honestly, I don't... I mean, I think she's she's very cute in this movie, but I don't think she... Like, in anything else she's in War Games, Short Circuit, I don't I don't know. I don't see her as yeah, attractive no, no. at all anymore it's, or even anything other than this Molly movie. Molly Ringwald is definitely prettier than her now. Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much plastic surgery plays into that, but who knows... Anyway, uh, when Andrew Michael Hall's uh, dropped off, Anthony Michael Hall's dropped off at the beginning of the movie, <laughs> Andrew is even less of his character. Uh, the his mom and his uh, his real mom. Yes, yeah, right? his real mom and his real <laughs> sister, playing his character's mom and sister, are the ones who drop him off. And then at the end, his dad picks him up, who is played none other by you know, John Hughes. Exactly, director cameo at the very <laughs> end, picking him up in the car. Uh, Remind me to ask you something about the end. Okay, or well, I'll do I, it now, just so, so we. Yeah, you when um Molly Ringwald is kissing Bender. I, I guess her parent doesn't care at all, like <laughs> that she's kissing somebody. Yeah, right in front of her in the car because she just waits in the car. Whoever it is, you don't see if it's his, you know, yeah, her was, mom or her dad. Yeah. I found that a little odd. Like <laughs> some some badass, and you're just kissing him. Like, how, well, we know what he is. You know, her parent might not. Yeah, but I'm, still, would you kiss somebody right in front of your mom when you were seventeen? I 16? do every day. Uh, <laughs> I winked at my wife off microphone there. That was the joke, but, but you, you can't you see You get what I'm saying? Like, if I was a dad and I saw... Yeah. Well, again, think about her character, though. She's spoiled rotten. Like, they, you know, oh, you're in attention. Oh. We'll go buy you something later. Oh, you kissed this guy you Frenched him? Yeah. It's oh, okay. is that your boyfriend? Oh, you should bring him by sometime. Let him, let us meet him. Blah, blah, blah. I don't think it was an issue with yeah. knowing her character. You know, I don't think that was an issue. Now, if it was my daughter, like, who the hell's that? Yeah. What's his name? Where's he live? Oh, that dude? You, you are forbidden to see that guy again. That'd be my I know own. his father. <laughs> I wouldn't want to know his father based mm. on the story he tells. 
this I found this funny. I kind of knew this before, but I didn't know what it was now. The, where they filmed it, it was actually a gym at a school that they converted to be a library set mm. for the film. And today it's still there, except now it's a police station. <laughs> I wonder if John Bender was ever a resident at said police station. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I didn't know this either, but uh, when they in the montage in the beginning, when they have like the little stuff written on the bathroom wall, you know, I'm eating my head and all this other stuff. I don't like Mondays, blah blah blah. They show a picture of like man of the year, like some you assume it's just former students at the school or whatnot. But the man of the year in that picture is actually the dude that plays the janitor in the movie. So he was the man of the year, and now no. he's a janitor. <laughs> I know. So, uh, I read who originally got that part or wanted that part. Rick Moranis. Oh yeah. Oh, and then, yeah. They said he left because of creative differences. <laughs> I mean, Rick Moranis. I mean, I don't see you being a creative person to like. Oh, janitor needs to be like this. Actually, I don't feel right that I'm actually a janitor in terms of going up to school on a Saturday. I mean, unless you're Charles right. S. Dutton playing a janitor and Rudy, you know, you should just play it like a janitor. Yeah. You know, there's no leeway there. I I, I could see. You're like, I want to be a. I want to be a philosophical janitor and whatever he wanted you know, more screen time i guess yeah, like, oh, I he guess could have been this... the key master in that movie <laughs> <laughs> he's the same character lewis Tub- lewis tuttle <laughs> you know, left new master. york and uh, had a bad experience so i came here and became a janitor you know i still do aerobics all the time that's a ghostbusters reference yeah, yeah. so i got gotcha. you and kind of feel mine was a janitor reference anybody want to play parcheesi have all the keys <laughs> lock himself out of the school all the time kick the door <laughs> Uh, oh, some of the lines were funny to me. I read a hot beef injection. Oh, my favorite line from the whole movie Eat is... my shorts. Is, you are a neo-maxi <laughs> zoomed weeby. Uh-huh. That's my favorite line in the whole movie. <laughs> and he also made... He ad-libbed a lot. Like, you're speaking of the ad-lib scene where they're talking about what they did. A lot of the movie, at least his role, he did a lot of ad-libbing, a lot of the insults and whatnot. Was, was this the first, like... Can you hear this? You want me to turn it up? Was that the first time? <laughs> That's I the came? first time I've ever... Like, the <laughs> earliest time I've... I can remember that from film. Hmm. You know, so... That's where I always kind of assume maybe that started. Yeah. You know, I'm sure it was a thing before then, but then they put it in a movie and like everybody sees the movie and now everybody from coast to coast is doing it and whatnot. Like, oh, okay, can I turn this up for you? <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but also, we mentioned that uh, Anthony Michael Hall was in Weird Science earlier, which was also written and directed by John Hughes. It takes place at the same school, uh-huh. Shermer High School, Illinois. And then, uh, oh, uh, this is a little bit out of order, but we talked about who could have been who. I found this so awesome. I, I previously oh, said I know, that certain people, you know, yeah. probably couldn't have done this role, but I, I would have loved to go to an alternate timeline and see this movie with Nicolas Cage playing Bender. That would have been so amazing. Oh, I'm, bad. Thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of a different. Movie. Are you thinking a different one? Can yeah. you just imagine? Hey, <laughs> you're a Neo Maxi Zoom Tweeby, <laughs> dude. Whoa, but uh, they couldn't. He's not. He wasn't in it because they couldn't afford him. Which I find odd for 1985. I was about to say, Well, I mean, he was in uh, he was in Fast Times, I think. When he when he yeah, he was in the kitchen. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but I mean, also, yeah, what, if he had, what has he had done that like warranted him being like this? Honestly, I think you know because he's related to the Coppolas. Oh. I think it was his name. Which he, I mean, he changed. He made a screen name. You know, he has his screen persona, but I mean, his real name is like something Coppola. You know, so I mean, oh, my, Nikolai my or something. My, no. uh, you know, uncle's Francis Ford Coppola. He made The Godfather. It's you need to Nicholas, pay me a lot of money. Nicholas Kim Coppola. Yeah. His middle name is Kim. So, How about yeah. that? <laughs> and his son's name is Cal L, named after yeah. Superman. No, oh, it's better than Kim. For <laughs> Definitely. <dude. laughs> and uh, let's see. Uh, oh, it's along the same lines. Uh, John Cusack, who we mentioned in the Willow episode. That poor guy. 
got a lot of parts, and then they were like, no, we don't want you. Well, the thing is, he got a lot of parts. He got offered. But he yeah. missed a lot of parts that would have made him like a million times more legendary. <laughs> he's doing all right. Yeah, I guess he's doing good. I heard The Raven was pretty good. The recent oh, movie that well, came out. I don't out. know about that. At least he's getting the parts, you know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he was considered, he was actually cast as Bender, but replaced as Nelson. That's as far as IMDb went on that story. So, yeah. hmm. for whatever reason. Uh, yeah, we mentioned Rick Romanis. Uh, we mentioned the scene at the library. Oh, proposed titles. We talked Terminator last week how one of the, the Polish title for it was The Electronic Murderer. <laughs> uh, some of the titles, proposed titles for The Breakfast Club before they settled on Breakfast Club was The Lunch Bunch. <laughs> and the other one was Library Revolution. Neither one which sound anything entertaining. Wow. Did you see Library Revolution? Oh, it was yeah, great. It was a good movie. It was great. It was Nicolas Cage in that one. Yeah. And then... Uh, was it The Lunch Club? Uh, lunch Bunch. The Lunch Bunch. That's it's funny. like I'm it wasn't like a dinner spinner group or something. Yeah. Or <laughs> yeah. Dinner swingers or no. Was, you know, Breakfast Club, Lunch Bunch. And they need maybe brunch. Brunch, brunch fun group or <laughs> something. Supper yuppers. Or something. <laughs> Supper yuppers. And of course... Uh, they mentioned some of the ad lib stuff. I'm not sure this was ad lib, but when Bender pulls the switchblade on Andrew to like say, "I would kill you," and he pops the switchblade, that was actually Judge Judge ugh, Judd Nelson's <laughs> personal switchblade, which he quote unquote used for his personal protection. Ah. so Ooh. I, you know maybe he was method acting, which ties into this next little bit of trivia. Uh, John Hughes actually fired Judd Nelson during the production because he was being mean to ro- mean to Molly Ringwald, <laughs> and. Uh, little back little side note John Hughes was, in Molly Ringwald they worked together on you know several movies that he wrote and he wrote specifically for her uh, in a sense she was like his muse in a, in a way so he was very protective of her on set and, and whatnot until they had a fallen out a few years later when she wanted to do more adult roles and not do his movies mm-hmm. uh, but yeah uh, Hughes fired Nelson for being too mean to Molly Ringwald and then Paul Gleason Mr. Vernon basically said look you know you don't need to fire him he's a good actor he's method acting He's staying in character, which, you know, that's, that could be an excuse or it could be a real thing. You know, I mean, some actors I know are legendary for being method actors. Um, Daniel Day. Yeah, definitely. He like, I remember mm-hmm. hearing that about, like, There Will Be Blood and others. Like, he does not get out of character. He stays like that. <laughs> Eating a restaurant. Like, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I, I did hear about Daniel Day. <laughs> Eating in a restaurant in his Lincoln makeup and everything. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Lincoln. Do you know who I am, young man? <laughs> this is me on this picture. Here's a penny. Is, is the South still rebelling? <laughs> Gonna get to sounding like uh, Rick James from Chappelle Show as I'm talking, <laughs> trying to talk like uh, Lincoln. That's pretty uh, much most of the uh, backstory, of course, behind the movie, like we always like to discuss on here. Um, one of the things, oh, actually, I got one more quick thing. Uh, this is actually on Entertainment Weekly's. They did a poll, like the top 50 high school movies. This was actually number one. Nice. Which I, you know, the only high school movies I can readily say I've seen are the 80s ones, which you know are the John Hughes high school ones and whatnot, you know, and all the ones around that time, like Can't Buy Me Love, Sixteen Candles, and whatnot. But uh, this is definitely my favorite movie about high school or any other that mentality. And, uh, and I think it's because it's it ties in, it has, you know, it's a great comedy. Yeah. And then, but it has that, like we kind of discussed with The Money Pit, too, like, you know, it gets real. Money Pit gets real for about five minutes and then it's back to the comedy. But this movie has a true meaning to it that I think... Especially older people, like you know, the more like the older you are when you watch it, or you, know, you see. I saw it when I was younger, and you see it when you're older, you kind of see like, wow, you know, because uh, I was gonna. This kind of leads into the question I was gonna ask you, you know, like because it basically is talking about the different cliques which are ex- still exist today in a sense in high schools oh, and big among time. social groups and yeah. whatnot, you know, and it's like how you know, no matter what you people think you are, you know, you're just like everybody else, and it's a great. 
like that that scene where they all come together. You know, they are the Breakfast Club because at you know at the tension they can they're they're friends and they can talk to each other. But apparently, parents were just horrible back then. It's the eighties, man. It was tough. <laughs> no, no, parents were great back then because kids these days. No, no, no. according to this movie, because everybody didn't really care for their parents at all. I mean, I know that's well, I mean, a high school thing. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I understand what you I could be. <laughs> Philip Dobson, if you're listening, if I'm wrong, send us another lovely email. But, uh, you know, I think everybody, it, this movie really nails it on the head for me personally, because everybody kind of goes through those phases. I mean, you know, you have an athlete, a criminal, a princess, a basket case, and a brain. You know, with the exception of basket case, I was a little bit of all those at different points in my high school life. You know, I mean, you kind of go through different periods as you're growing up. That's a very transitional point in life, especially when you look back at it. Because I've been out of high school for almost 12 years now, dating myself. But, you know, when you look back, it's like, God, like, you know, I can see where I was a freak, at, you know, at a point. And it's, you know, wearing yeah. band shirts and hanging out and playing my acoustic guitar to everybody else and talking about how <laughs> awesome the new Metallica Black album is and whatnot, you know. But then one year I was in the Honors English Club and all that, you know. And then Aww. one year I played basketball. And then one year, you know, uh, let's say I wasn't really a criminal, but everybody has their little run-ins with the law when they're in high school, <laughs> you know. I was never a bad boy, but, you know, you, you can relate to all these characters, and you see a little bit of yourself in all of them. Cause, and there are times when, you know, at least me personally in high school, you know, I kind of felt like a basket case. I'm like, Jesus Christ. I feel that way today sometimes with dealing with people's Facebook mentalities and whatnot. Because, I mean, Facebook's almost a microchasm of high school. Not to get off on a totally different tangent. <laughs> Sorry, listeners. We'll say that for uh, something else. Uh, but anyway, uh, this, but this leads me to two questions uh, that I have for you, Dan, just kind of discuss. Uh... In high school, you know, like like I mentioned, I, to me, I was a little bit of everything. Like, would you assign yourself, you know, any of these labels, like, not primarily, or like, you know, would you say you were a little bit of all of them, or you were more of like a brain and a that's that's one thing or? with with me. I kind of, I'm not, I'm good at a lot of things. I'm not great at anything. Jack of all trades, yeah. master mm-hmm. of none. That's so that, that's what I would consider myself. If you had to put me in one, I mean, I did play basketball and junior high a little bit a little bit of football but i put myself in between a jock and one of the mm-hmm. brain you know. yeah but and i think you know i never was really a i didn't consider myself a basket case or anything <laughs> like that i'm sure there were times where you were stressed out and i wasn't preppy like you know zach moore's type you know <laughs> oh are you, are you more of a slater guy yeah <laughs> you lean that way you lean towards slater yeah. <laughs> guess a little bit my other question was what do you think happened on monday when they all went back to school. Well, the simple fact that the two of the couples, they had like basically two couples then, I would think they continued. I don't know what's going to happen with Anthony Michael Hall or his <laughs> character, but I don't know. Well, uh, <laughs> I have a feeling that they might, not necessarily maybe all five of them started hanging out together, becoming like a true breakfast club. Well, see that. Oh, you're so hopeful. <laughs> <laughs> see, like the, the optimist in me thinks that like, well, here, here's what I think happened. I think it's Monday through Friday. It's it's normal, just like it was before. Just like they kind of they're gonna say, get in trouble. On you, know, you are a bitch, and you know, that's so shitty of you to do to your friends. Blah blah blah. But they all understand that because of the high school hierarchy, that that's what's going to happen. You know. But I imagine they're still friends, but they all understand it now. You know, when Emilio Estevez says, "Oh, hey, Brian," <laughs> or whatever, you know, in the hallway, you know, Brian knows that he's really telling him hello, but you know, he he knows he's going to play it off, and they accept that. Mm. you know so that's yeah. i think it just goes back to normal but they understand they're still they are friends like as i was watching it and they started to respect each other more i was kind of wondering if they would get in trouble on purpose just to 
have Saturday again well, together. See, that that's like the hopeful, the optimist, <laughs> optimist part of me says because it's, it's called the Breakfast Club. What do clubs do? They meet reg- yeah. semi regularly. So maybe they all come back to detention every Saturday. Well, and they're, you, you they're know the Bender's, Breakfast Club. You know they hang out. Be gonna be there for a while. Well, yeah, eight. eight. I mean, it's technically it's no. Seven. It's actually seven. It's eight. <laughs> I got him. He's got him for two months. Yeah. Two months. He's got Bender. You know, for all the listeners out there, all the women in the studio here with us are shaking their heads no at everything, our hypotheses about this ending. So if you have an idea of what you think happened at the end of The Breakfast Club, shoot us an email and we'll go over and see what your conspiracy theories are about the ending of The Breakfast Club. And he's revisited yeah, at gmail.com. Next week, by the way, guys, you might get a little touch of feminism towards <laughs> the We're going to get in touch with our feminine side next week. Uh, we'll go ahead and plug that right now uh next week we'll be doing the patrick swayze epic dirty dancing oh it's actually our mother's day spectacular because this will be for mother's day week uh our wives will join us to have a round table (laughs) discussion about dirty dancing the 80s give it a little female touch yeah little estrogen injection (laughs) hot estrogen injection So that, that'll be next week, guys. But uh, going back to uh, The Breakfast Club, anything else about the movie before I get into some of the real-world stuff? Any other final... Your, what's your final thought uh, on The Breakfast Club? You want me to wait for the score? I always give a score. You can. Okay, well, we'll do that in a second. Yeah. Uh, of course, again, this movie was released in February on February 15th, 1985. Uh, in the real world at this time, uh, Israel was withdrawing troops from Lebanon. Of course, that's still a very volatile area. And then uh, born on February 14th, if you know who this is, you get mad props. Karima Ababib. I probably massacred the last name. A-B-E-B-I-B-E. Karima? Yeah. K-A-R-I-M-A. She was an actress? She was born on February 14, 1985, the day before this movie came out. But Ring a bell? Did she turn into, like, Rihanna or something? <laughs> no. <laughs> she's actually uh, a model. She was Laura Croft. Not in the movies, but like the model oh. that went around and did photo shoots and whatnot. Yeah. That is the most famous person that was born near to wow. the release of this movie. Uh, and then uh, on also the same the day before this movie came out, Whitney Houston's debut album was released on February fourteenth. Which until uh, R.I.P. Whitney. I uh, don't remember what, but that was one, that was I think the first album that had four number one singles off one album. Mm. And then uh, I know other I think Katy Perry recently eclipsed that kind of right around when she died. Like, this is when, like, Katy Perry beat Whitney Houston's record, so it's like, oh, you're dead? Screw you. Your record's gone, too. A little insensitive there, Katy Perry. If we're kind of off on a tangent right now, uh, thank you, Joss Whedon. That's oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go see the Avengers. Uh, and then also, a little bit bittersweet, around, around the same time, on February 8th, 1985, the last episode of Dukes of Hazard aired. You sound depressed. I was. I love Dukes of Hazzard. I don't think I, I watched kid. one episode of Dukes. Yeah, well, you were not, you were not even one, so it was before your time. But well, I was a yeah. three-year-old, and of course, back then I had Hot Wheels. Hot Wheels were awesome. I don't know if this was just in the South, where I we did lived have here in Baton Rouge, but they had the generally Hot Wheels, and I had like eight of them, because I <laughs> tore them up, like ramping them off the house and I, different things and destroying them. My parents used to have a treadmill that they didn't use, unfortunately. <laughs> they put the hot wheels on the treadmill. I put the hot wheels on the treadmill and I let them go at the same time and I keep up with them on paper and everything like that. I named them all. I was a very sad, sad yeah, little man. Didn't have a lot of friends, I guess. <laughs> Once my brother moved out, I was like, oh. Yeah, well, you were doing that. Do. I was watching 80s movies. Uh, that's pretty much about Sports the real trivia, world. Uh, we'll start a podcast called Daniel Sports, and then you're gonna have I'll be the noob on that show, unless you're talking about the San Francisco 80s 49ers and the Chicago Bulls in the 90s. So I could do that, that's about all I know. Uh, but yeah, this what was the name of the uh, the guy that wore goggles 
during all the NBA game or yeah, during all the Chicago I, Bulls championship runs. What was his? I name? can see his face because he. Wore I don't the, care if you uh, see his face. I, I just wanted to. I don't his know name. his name. I'm gonna hit myself. Nineties question. Yeah. <laughs> Not well. She, he said nineties Bulls. I was just getting him out there. I can I can. I don't know. I, I swear. I know you're talking about, but I honestly can't think of the dude's name. I can see his face. No, too bad. I know. I, I ain't. I ain't saying it. <laughs> well, tell our listeners who it was. It's yeah. Horace Grant. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I remember that because he was an NBA Jam. That's right. Yep. Because I, they couldn't use Jordan because of the. I guess the I know, licensing or something. So bad. I remember mm-hmm. going to Walmart to play NBA Jam with my handful of quarters, and you know, I had to be. Everybody wanted to be the Lakers because they had Shaq. But you used to always get Jordan. those helmets that you can buy for a quarter. Oh yeah, the football helmets and with the stickers. God, that was awesome. Uh, I loved them, but here's the thing that always pissed me off about them: they didn't fit any of my action figures. <laughs> they, it was too big for He Man and G- way too big for GI Joe. I even had a sister I could have put them on Barbies or something, but. <laughs> You know, they didn't fit any, you know, I always got them like, oh, it's be cool. I'll, I'll make a helmet for, you know, He-Man or whatever, or Lion-O. And just, they just were ridiculous looking on them. So. Of course. <laughs> hey, look, when you're a kid, you know, that, no, no, I deny that sound. I deny that sound. Because especially He-Man, because their arms snapped off and you could put them on. Because I had like Manny faces and He-Man, so like Skeletor would cut off He-Man's arm. And then I put Manny Face's arm on He-Man, so he had a robotic arm. Then he came back and defeated Skeletor. Yo, look at me like I'm crazy. No, no, no. But <laughs> I, had a, I had a ton of uh, wrestling figures. Mm-hmm. Figurine, Sting, Hogan. But I didn't have any championship belt, so I used different colored pencils as a championship. <laughs> Do they hold them? They yes, have... I got them to hold them. I got the number two pencil. pencil. I'm no, the no, champion. No, not number, it was like green, yellow, oh, and colored. red pencil. <laughs> Why don't you just get aluminum foil? <laughs> Shut up, man. It was just hey, some... I'm, I'm just saying... <laughs> While we're on the subject of the of '80s, you know, kids playing with action figures, I'm so like it's su- like the 80s remember Zbots? Oh yeah, and GoBots and Transformers. Pogs. And, I know that was after my time. Oh, my brother had Pogs. I'm like, what's this gay shit? Uh-huh. <laughs> you're go, gonna get go, now. You're gonna get an email. Go collect. <laughs> gay isn't happy. It made him happy. <laughs> the way you said it, it wasn't uh, that gay shit. <laughs> like, it was a gay shit. Like <laughs> it's a happy shit. <laughs> It made him happy. So I guess it, I it have was, taken some happy shits before. When I ever, whenever I use the term gay, it's always in regard to happy. Oh, okay. I am so gay right now because I love doing this podcast with you guys. I love being in a room with you guys. It makes me so gay. But uh, it, Wow. It's all downhill from here, folks. Continuing on. Anyway, we had a good run. Yeah. <laughs> Next subject. That's, that's for me to go. No, but I was going, along the lines of action figures. Did you ever do this? Uh, whenever we got a new appliance, you know, they package it with like styrofoam. Okay. Well, you know, like a refrigerator or whatever. And like I would take the styrofoam and I turn it in, inside out, like uh, you know where they had it holding whatever it was holding, and you turn it upside down, and that's like a base for your GI Joes. I'd cut like doors in it, and that was their sort of like Jesse's three D awesome. maps, but like for figures. Of course, they were all white. I didn't paint them, so it was like, oh, we're on, you know, in the snow or something. <laughs> igloo, the, the the real famous igloo. <laughs> no, seriously, I would do that because I I had all the he I like he, I had at one point I had all the He Man stuff. The only thing I never had from He Man was the huge Attorney playset, and you're not gonna know what I'm talking about. Well, but Trey, people st- out there will know. You still have more toys than any of our kids. And the whole like group of friends, probably. That's 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 a shame on the parents out there of our friends that aren't getting these kids the toys they deserve. I still got my Castle Grayskull and my Snake Mountain proudly displayed in my game room. I have some toys in there. Yep, couple. There ain't nothing wrong with that. I no, think, I think my wife has more than I do. But 
forty year old virgin would be like ashamed of his collection compared to yours. Well, he didn't he keep them all like wrapped in. Well, you lose half the value as soon as you open the box. I don't care. You lose half the value of your car when you drive it off the lot. You don't keep it. Like I'm, I'm gonna buy this car. We're gonna leave it on the lot. I'm just gonna leave it here so it stays. This it's still valuable. It's gonna appreciate, and then you're gonna sell it. Then I'm gonna right? sell it yeah, exactly <laughs> from the lot. I'm gonna make money. <laughs> anyway. Anything, uh, so, as far as the breakfast, back on topic of the Breakfast Club, uh, you always give a rating. What would you rate this movie out of 10? A 7. Daniel, no, no, I told you about my ratings. <laughs> I, not, I thought it was a good 7. Everything a good except movie Willow is a 7. <laughs> uh, no, Branch no, out a bit. Top Gun was a 7.5. It's still like a 7. <laughs> okay. Sucker, no, wait, wait, I think you gave Terminator like an 8, didn't you, or something? Yeah. I'm no, just pulling your chain, on. pal. I gave, I gave Friday the 13th like a... Oh, I do do seven a lot. That's what I'm trying to tell you, man. I'm trying to help you. I'll give it a 7.3. Oh, so you're changing it. I see. No, uh, to me, like, like, of course, you know, when you, most of the movies that we do on here tend to be ones that are, you know, really close to me or instrumental in my childhood or development. That, yeah, that I've heard title yeah. definitely. I've heard yeah, so about that, it. And I think, you know, that's what I hope a lot of people get out of this podcast is that, you know, you've, this is the first time you've ever seen it so that's your impression of it, especially as an older person too. We're not going to really review horrible movies, especially the ones that don't, because most really like, I, I mean, they're, 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 no, there are some horrible movies, but a lot of them, it's just because I probably never heard of them. Like the mm-hmm. ones. Well, I mean, there's some that, uh, that we will eventually join here that I grew up on. I loved when I was a kid, but, Revisiting them? Nah, dude. Example. Some movies crawl. Spoiler for that episode in a few months. <laughs> I like that movie, yeah. But uh, I love that movie when I was a kid, but I watched it not too I'm long gonna ago. You're going to love it on purpose. It's awful? Really? It's just, it just doesn't then have I'm that... not going to watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> don't. Don't. Let it maintain I that. <laughs> I loved it. I, I had such fond memories of it. And uh-huh. I've seen it, you know, maybe a few years ago, too, when I bought, when it actually came out on DVD. But I watched it not too long. It was like, I don't know. Something about that movie just doesn't have the same magic it's, now. It's certain TV shows for me. I watched a lot more TV shows than I did movies. Mm-hmm. Gilligan's Island. Oh yeah. Used to love it. Now I'm like, is this? So stupid? Used to come on USA all the time. Like yeah. right when I would get off of school. Saved so by I, the Bell. So stupid, but dude, I still, I still, I have no, every I'll season on DVD yeah. of Saved by the Bell. And actually, uh, recently, fun, funny enough that you mentioned it, like when I go to bed on the DVD player in the bedroom, I'll just put on Saved by the Bell and I'll just be laying there and fall asleep. <laughs> Poor old. <laughs> she could sleep through anything. Before I had a game room, that's where I played Xbox. I'm sitting there playing, you know, Gears of War or uh, whatever. Yeah, and it's, you know, I didn't turn it down. She just could sleep through it. So I was like, you know, she, it was great. I, I, recently, I recently got headphones because I didn't want to bother Andrea because my computer's in the bedroom. Mm. So I got headphones now so I can play like games up late at night and not have to worry about well, on bothering a computer, her. I would want headphones just to have better sound. Yeah, well, it d- you know, definitely Because, of course, sound. in my game room, I got surround sound. So, you know, I don't, you know, surround sound doesn't go below a certain level. You know, that has to be at a certain level so you can enjoy it because the purpose of surround sound and whatnot. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> Save by the Bell, great. Okay, I'll give it a 7.5. <laughs> like, I thought. Oh, it's creeping up. <laughs> Eight yes. got seven point five. Can I hear well, it? Can I hear it? Can I hear it? Can I hear it? If there's not a knife to my neck, I might, <laughs> I might not bring it. Up. No, I mean, I, I'm just saying it's just funny because it always, you know, Willow's a nine point five or whatever, and then everything it's else 9. is 9. seven, seven point five, seven point two. You stick with a seven. What sevens. was Big Trouble in Little China? What was it? I think six point five. You gave it or something. I gave it that. High. It seems like it was a six or something. Well, I don't know. Look at your notes, or you can email oh, it to I us. I don't have the notes on this notebook. It I don't seems have like whatever the IMD rating was, you were close to it. Yeah. No, 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 you no, weren't. No, you weren't. Because no, that was high. IMD was high, yeah. yeah. It seems, Which is totally wrong. What it, no, because we'll we, we debated it. You said you gave it like a three or a four, but then because Kurt Russell's in it, you gave it another point. It, it was you gave a, it another half point or something. I think like, I gave it a five. 
We'll settle. Because I gave that. it four. Yeah, we'll I gave it two and two, and, and we need to get off the subject. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like talking about it. Shouldn't devote time to Big Trouble in China. Uh, whatever, dude. <laughs> Just wait till. Uh, oh, we already did. We'll, uh, wait till Ghostbusters. I'm gonna bring what up Big Trouble. <laughs> There's That's always Daniel. time for Big Trouble in Little China. <laughs> All right, guys. Anyway, as we uh, mentioned before, tune in next week for the special Mother's Day edition of 80s Revisited, where our wives will join us as we talk about dirty dancing. Sure, that'll be an interesting discussion when we get on that topic with some estrogen in the room to help counteract Mm. the testosterone that boils over and out of this podcast. And then uh, don't forget, the week after that, that is our Star Wars Spectacular Popping Daniel Star Wars Cherry. Again, he's never seen any of the original trilogy, just little tiny bits and pieces, never watched it and uh, again we're watching the originals we're not watching the special editions we're watching the theatrical versions uh from the dvds that came out not too long oh well, i can't long wait ago. <laughs> you better i did my sports little thing there's there gonna be some cookies there's gonna be some flower shaped cookies and some themed mixed drinks so it's gonna be quite a party for his, it's also his birthday so that's kind of why we're doing it so uh but uh, we're gonna do all the whole trilogy we might we're probably gonna end up breaking it up over several podcasts I imagine just yeah. because of the content and mm-hmm. we're also gonna have special guests from These we aren't consider be special short. guests yeah. so we're gonna be talking about all three of the OG trilogy the Holy Trilogy will be done on 80s Revisited and that's what you mentioned before we know the original didn't come out in the 80s Star Wars but we're doing it because he has to see Star Wars to be able to understand Empire and Jedi so mm-hmm. don't don't waste time typing an email like, well Star Wars didn't come out in the 80s you, you dummy you say you know about Star Wars we do. It's cool. I promise. He has to see it. And we're also going to do the same. I'll tease this too because uh, Prometheus is on the horizon, I believe, in June, July. I think it's early I think it's June. June. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he also hasn't seen Aliens. So to prep him for that, we're going to watch Aliens and Alien. And Alien is not an 80s movie. So again, mm-hmm. but just to get him up to speed on it. All right, guys. Again, thanks for listening to 80s Revisited. We appreciate it. Don't forget to tune in next week. And also to check out the other great podcasts on the Awesome Podcast Network. A lot of good stuff out there. They help get you through your work week. It really helps me out. I know that much. And until next time, I am Trey Harris. I am Daniel Angelo. Jesse Sedgley. Cowabunga! Dear podcast listeners, we accept the fact that we do this podcast for the fun of it. Whether we are right or wrong, you'll hear us as you want to hear us. In the simplest terms, in the most convenient definitions. But we found out that each of us is a film guru, a movie virgin, and a producer. Does that answer your question? Sincerely yours, 80s Revisited. High five. Find this show and more at the Awesome Podcast Network's Facebook at facebook.com slash awesomepodcastnetwork.